As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I'm a business owner, and I have two children, and I've gotten no unemployment. As soon as they said we could do one-on-one appointments, I started doing that immediately, and I had ladies contact me right away. You know, I just feel like it's too soon. I can't just open up the sign and just not have deep clean everything and just rush into it, you know? Like, I'd rather be safe than sorry. I think it's not only the business side, but it's a mental piece that has to happen. After the state Supreme Court struck down Wisconsin's safer at home order, the state was left with a patchwork of rules for how businesses should operate. Now they're trying to figure out when they should open, how they should open, and what their operations will look like in the new normal. From the Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. I'm Amanda St. Hilaire. Brian Polson is on assignment. It is Thursday, May 21st, and I am here with Fox 6 reporter Angelica Sanchez. Hi, Angie. Welcome back. Hi, Amanda. Thank you for having me again. Angie, you've been covering how local businesses are responding to COVID-19. So take us back to right before the state Supreme Court struck down Wisconsin's safer at home order. What were business owners telling you at that point? Well, to rewind the clock back to what happened before uh, the order was struck down, um, Governor Tony Evers had eased up on some restrictions for non-essential businesses. So I think it was probably about 24 hours before um, the the order was struck down that businesses were allowed to have up to five people. These non-essential small businesses, these are your local boutiques, local shops, were able to have up to five people uh, inside. And uh, we focused our attention on Greendale, uh, the quaint little downtown Greendale, filled with restaurants and small business owners. And uh, I found two things when I was speaking to, sp- to business owners. Uh, There were business owners that told me that even though they were allowed to open for a number of reasons, they couldn't. Uh, Some of them were just not ready. Uh, They had a plan in place for May 26. Others said schedules had already been sent out, so they couldn't imagine reopening just like that, you know, at a snap of fingers. Um, Others just thought it was too soon. They wanted to give it a little bit more time and thought that May 26 was a good date to abide by. Other business owners, they were ready. They had a plan in place. They talked to uh, an attorney. They, they, they were ready. They were just waiting for the word go. Um, so really what we found right before this happened was kind of uh, a split mindset on why they probably weren't ready to open and some that were ready to open. So that's what we were seeing right before this all happened. And then the order gets struck down. What happens next? Confusion. <laughs> That's the best way to describe what happened. Uh, confusion. I could honestly go on and on, Amanda, about uh, what happened with those 24 hours. As a reporter trying to understand what this means, as I'm sure um, a lot of public health 
uh, departments in different municipalities were rushing to figure out what this meant. Uh, so really you had about 24 hours where uh, public health officials from counties to municipal level were trying to figure out what's the best steps to public health. Um, and again, this all trickled down to a domino effect where business owners were shrugging their shoulders, like, what does this mean for me? And really, it depended on where your zip code was that meant, can you reopen or could you stay closed? So it was just uh, all across the board. It was a lot of confusion for business owners, especially because within an hour or two of that Supreme Court order being, of the, of the Safer at Home order, excuse me, being struck down, you had... Uh, the public health orders that were being written and that, that took about 24 hours and in Milwaukee County you had the suburbs the suburban municipalities all agreeing to a safer at home order a public health order and then the city of Milwaukee tweaked their order to match more of the suburban order which was a little bit more flexible than what we had seen and then within three days of all of this happening you had municipalities withdrawing their public health orders because there were some legal uh, challenges, potential legal challenges, or after further legal guidance, they thought that maybe these were not legal after all. There, that's still an ongoing debate, by the way. That is very much still an ongoing debate. Mm -hmm. Because what happened for, for people who haven't been following this, we had a statewide order and the state Supreme Court struck that down and that left it largely up to the individual counties and municipalities. So they all rush in to say, here's what our orders are going to say. And then they get guidance, several of them, that the counties, uh, based on that Supreme Court order, may not be allowed to have their own orders that are essentially just as restrictive as the order that got struck down. And so that's where things got really confusing, especially for the local health departments, but then as a result also for the businesses, because they're looking to these municipalities, Angie, to tell them what they're allowed to do. Absolutely. So you had businesses that were able to reopen for two hours, then they had to close. And then within 48 hours, surprise, you can reopen again. So it's just confusion. That That's the best way to describe what happened. So where do things stand right now? Um, I think for, well, from my understanding, few municipalities actually kept their health order in place. Here locally in Milwaukee County, the suburban order uh, mo that most of the municipalities signed expires today at some point. I'm, I'm not sure of the mm -hmm. time. I think at 11.59. So at en end of today, it's it's done. Okay. End of today, 11.59. Thank you for that. Um, you, you think I'd have this memorized by now. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of different dates and times floating around in your head right now, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Um, so again, you have that suburban order, which is going to expire um, today at midnight, uh, basically. And then you also have the city of Milwaukee, who their health order never had an expiration date to begin with. They, the city of Milwaukee wanted to reopen once uh, the city met certain criteria, health criteria. Um, and that puts the that puts Milwaukee County in a difficult spot because you have inconsistency, which is what, from my understanding, local leaders did not want to see inconsistency in Milwaukee County. And you have the largest city in the state uh, that's going to continue a health order, but you have the surrounding municipalities that are going to open, uh, basically open back up. So right now things stand... Um, that's where things stand right now, where there's inconsistency in Milwaukee County locally. And so we're in a position then when a business that's technically in the boundaries of the city may not be allowed to open, 
but you know, a, a couple doors down, a business that is right outside that boundary would be allowed to open. Yes, that's correct. And so what is the restriction in the city of Milwaukee right now? Because it's not just, hey, all businesses are shuttered indefinitely. Yeah, the big restriction right now is bars and restaurants. That what for the city, that is the biggest restriction. And that's going to be the biggest difference um, after midnight tonight. That the bars and restaurants in Milwaukee, the city, will still be closed for dine-in. But then in the surrounding areas, they'd be open. Exactly. And just like you said, you're going to have, you know, a a restaurant, you know, two restaurants, two bars that are just a block away from each other. If that that one will be able to open, one will have to stay closed. What do the restaurant owners and the bar owners have to say about that? I mean, it's very hard. I think that um, right now, if any business, whether you're a restaurant, a bar or local boutique right now, you're looking at investing in personal protective equipment. Um, which is costly after two months of zero revenue. Some of some were able to switch to online, but um, I feel like that was still not enough, you know. And then you have restaurants that, yes, they were able to do curbside pickup, but that still doesn't compare to uh, two months of sales. Um, so I think right now they're all analyzing their future as they have been the last two months, um, figuring out how to pay for acquiring uh, social to, to allow social distancing. Um, and then I'm sure many of them are looking to legal guidance. I spoke to a salon owner that says that she spoke to an attorney and she was able to draw up some sort of contract as she's operating uh, by appointment only. And she was able to draw up a contract so that when you walk in your door and her door, um, you get a temperature check and you also sign something kind of just saying that we're mutually agreeing that we're going to be as safe as possible, but you know, we're still operating during a pandemic. So I think a lot of businesses right now are just analyzing their future and what what's at stake if they do follow CDC guidelines and if they don't. How much of this is about the patchwork of stay-at-home orders and how much of this is about consumer confidence? Because if all the restrictions everywhere were lifted tomorrow, but people still didn't feel comfortable going out and about I'd imagine these businesses would still be hurting. Yeah, absolutely. Because you have to imagine that your customers are split. You're going to have customers that, you know, they, they're perfectly fine walking in and uh, under the assumption that there is no pandemic. You have customers that probably, or, or, or not that they don't believe that there is a pandemic, but that they feel comfortable walking in, shaking people's hands, acting like business is normal. Um, and you have the other customers who are really concerned about the economy opening back up uh, and they want to see businesses have some sort of social distancing, whether it's hand sanitizer, anything like that. So I think business owners have to um, uh, believe right now that their customers are split in half and it's how do you cater to both uh, customers? How do you cater to those that don't feel comfortable seeing so many restrictions, don't feel comfortable seeing so many face masks and those that do? And then I know you mentioned this a little earlier, but I do want to expand on it. What are some of the steps businesses are taking? I know that I just booked a hair appointment for a couple weeks from now. I mean, it is a completely different process now. It is 
uh, you know, I'll be wearing a mask. My hairstylist will be wearing a mask. They're only allowing one person in at a time so that they don't have people hanging out in the waiting room. I have to text her when I get there. It's a whole process. And that made me personally feel a lot more comfortable about scheduling that appointment. But I'd imagine the steps that the businesses are taking are going to vary from place to place. Yeah, yeah. And it really it depends on how much was your business to begin with. Uh, I, I want to say socially heavy. I, I don't know what the right word would be. Yeah, to that makes it, sense. Involved yeah. the human interaction. Yeah, it depends how much of that what was in place to begin with. Um, and obviously restaurants, you know, it, you have a, your business relies on people walking through the door. Um, so I, again, every business is different and how they adjust to this is going to look very different. Um, you know, and I, I will say this, there are, uh, I've spoken to so many small business owners. Everyone is trying to figure this out. Everyone is trying to figure out how to keep themselves safe, how to keep their customers safe, um, and how to operate safely during a, a pandemic. Um, I can tell you many are seeking legal guidance uh, and, and many are just trying to do what they can to stay afloat um, in these very trying times. Over the last few days, we've seen announcements from uh, Governor Tony Evers, from uh, Milwaukee Mayor Tom Barrett about aid for businesses and ways to help them get back on their feet. What do business owners think about that? Do they think that's going to be enough? You know, it's hope. I think right now more than ever, we need hope. And these small businesses need to know that even though obviously there were issues at the federal level for assistance. So I think to see locally, it's just, a, uh, it's, it's what they need to see. They need to see that you know, all of their hard work, what they've been able to contribute to small communities, to neighborhoods was, wasn't for nothing, that it's being recognized and that the state and local municipalities realize that they need help. Um, so for example, yesterday I did a story on, um, in the city of Milwaukee, uh, they are announcing a, a program, a grant program for small businesses um, to get up to $15,000 in grants for those that qualify. There are restrictions and I highly recommend if you're a business in the city of Milwaukee that you look into this. There are obviously restrictions on who, who is eligible, uh, but for those that are, you will get to use whatever money you qualify for to modify your shop, modify your space to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Uh, you can use the money to replenish perishable uh, items. Um, you can use the money to invest in personal protective equipment, which we said before, um, it is costly. Uh, so really, I think that it's the hope that some of these businesses need, that there are avenues to continue to operate in just in something that we've never experienced before. And part of this, too, is waiting to see what happens next, right? Because this dance that we're doing is we slowly start to emerge. And then if there's a second wave of this or if there's a spike in cases or we see things noticeably getting worse, that's when even if there's not another stay-at-home order, certainly people will feel less comfortable at that point leaving their homes. And then business owners are going to be feeling like they're back at square one. Yeah, and, and I think right now every business owner is uh, looking to prepare for the worst, but hope for the best. There's still an ongoing pandemic, and I think uh, for the most part everybody realizes the importance of 
continuing to uh, make sure that your employees are safe, that your clients and customers uh, are safe. Uh, so we'll, we will see what will happen in the coming weeks, in the coming months. I know that um, it, these are just trying times and really any business owner that is listening right now, any small business owner that's listening right now, um, if, I've, if I've had the chance to speak with you, thank you for being so open, so honest, so vulnerable uh, during what's been a very scary time. Uh, but I think anybody thinking of reopening should probably get some legal guidance uh, because again, this is, this is something that we've never been through before. We don't know what the future has in store and it does not hurt to um, just get a little bit of legal guidance on the next steps. Angie, as a reporter over the next few weeks, what are you keeping your eye on? Right now, and I can tell you this is a story that I'm working on today, what I'm noticing is meat prices are going up uh, because of this pandemic. We've heard of uh, meat plants that are being shut down. And even those that are able to reopen are not able to reopen and probably operate the way that they used to. Um, and what we're hearing right now is that these meat prices are going up are now impacting these restaurants who now may have to increase their prices and increase their prices just to break even. So our story today is really going to talk about the decision to close. You know, you've had, you've been shut down for two months, but now that you can reopen, some may not be able to afford to reopen. So that's really what I'm keeping my eye on. Um, and an issue that I think we need to shine some light on because restaurants, uh, they're, they're all, they're all figuring this out. <laughs> and, um, and that's really what I'm looking at is now that you can reopen, what is the next challenge ahead? What's the next obstacle and how, how can, how can people help? Well, we're grateful for your reporting on those challenges and those obstacles, Angie. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk, especially about small businesses, because, uh, you know, I've always known that it's important to shop local, but now more than ever, it is very important to shop local. Amen. And we are going to continue bringing you more frequent episodes of Open Record as we cover the COVID-19 pandemic, although we should note starting next week, those episodes are going to be a little less frequent. We're going to go down to a Tuesday and Thursday schedule instead of Monday through Friday. We're still going to bring you great content. We're still going to bring you the big stories, but you'll be getting those episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. If there's a topic you want us to discuss, an issue you think we should investigate, please send us an email at theinvestigators at fox6now.com. Thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Producer Pete, Dave Machuda, Suzanne Barthel, and Sarah Smith. Please subscribe to Open Record if you haven't done that already. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Amanda St. Hilaire, and we will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow.